the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. All righty. We're uh, here. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the WPTF Weekend Gardener. Uh, I'm Mike Rayley. Miss Claps off today. Uh, Brother Rufus is with us, I believe, on the phone. And Miss Pam Beck. correct. Yes, that is correct, sir. So you're going to the, uh, to the uh, Carolina game today, huh? I am, and I, I want to wish all my State friends and Radio Land, good luck, but not that much. Thank All right. you, Rufus. Yeah, Nelsa Cox is Nelsa. Nelsa is oh here, and oh uh, so be careful what you what you say. You know, I'm a I went to state. I'm a state fan, but now Nelsa. <laughs> pack pride. It's, yeah, it's, go pack all over the place. Now, when you when you get to um, University of Georgia. Hey, y'all won a national championship there, girl. Pam Beck? Um, that's not my school base. Oh, I thought it was. Now, Mike oh, went to Georgia Tech. So. I thought you went to, to yes, Georgia. Sir. No, 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 no. I went to Georgia State, which is downtown Atlanta. We are the home of the Mighty Panthers. Oh, okay, Georgia State. <laughs> Voice major at Georgia State. All right. Well, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. But I pull for any Carolina team. I love all our teams here. I will wear red and light blue and dark blue proudly, and and the black and gold of uh, Wake Forest University. Sure, sure. Yeah. So everybody doing okay? Um, we're getting over COVID at my house, oh, so um, if I go into a coughing fit, uh, forgive me. I'll try to. As careful as you have been, too, Pam. Good gracious. Oh, I know. But what are you going to do when you got grandbabies, you know? Um, yeah. You're going to find this out. They're, That's they're right. The little, little nose miners are the carriers that right. <laughs> So you generally you feel okay, though. Yeah, yeah. We're doing really well. We were fortunate in that um, the variant that we all seem to pick up was one of the, the kinder, milder, uh, milder ones. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, but... I am so glad to be back on the show with you all. I have missed you. It has yeah. been a long time. It has. Now, uh, yeah. would you, were you not on in December? I was. But okay. The end of December and January has been a long month. That's right. It has. Days. I don't know. That's right. <sighs> when you work six days a week uh, in this this uh, coal mine here, it's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You know, the, uh, the the days just zip, zip, zip by, so it didn't yeah. seem like a very long January. I'm just kidding, Mr. Curtis. I, I didn't yeah, yeah, you better hope the big daddy's coming. <laughs> well, it feels like it sometimes. feels like a coal mine. Uh, 919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF. Now, it was a lot of fuss about nothing around here, thank goodness. We didn't. Uh, we didn't have a whole lot. I was. Uh, I was not disappointed because I don't. I don't always relish coming to work in the snow, but it was. Uh, I, it was barely thirty-two degrees when I was driving down the road, and it was. Uh, the roads were not dry. I would still be very careful. There were people zipping by me on the Beltline, 
I would definitely be careful out there. But uh, we didn't we didn't get a whole lot, and it's not as cold as I thought it was going to be. But maybe that's what they predict predicted. Uh, did uh, how about up north there, Pam? Did you get much? <laughs> no, just a dusting. It looks like uh, Mother Nature was out baking with some uh, powdered sugar last night. Yeah, I think it was uh, a dusting dusting for us yeah. too, uh, and a little more maybe down south there in Fuquay. Yeah, we had a um, we had a little more in the Fuquay area, Apex Fuquay area, uh, but you know, as I was driving into Garner and downtown Raleigh, it, it just seemed uh, much lighter. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're all here. And uh, Rufus, are you going to be in a uh, a special box today, or do you have seats near the court, or what? Well, I I, I will confess that I have a a friend that's on the board of direct, uh, the board of trustees for the university, and I, I think he's going to give me a pretty good seat. Yeah, yeah, I expect so. Well, have fun. That's. Um, that's that. That's all. The state Carolina game. Well, they don't make yeah, as much I, about I, it as they used to, but I, it's a big deal to me. I don't get. I, I know some people that go into sharp turmoil. They 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 lay prostrate, <laughs> beat themselves over the head and shoulders. I just don't do that. You know, you you. It's not exactly like an election. If you run for governor and you don't win, you you come back in four years. But on a basketball game, you can normally come back in a couple of weeks try it again yeah or a football game so yeah. it's just part of part of life and i'm not going to get all upset about it even though i do want to whip nelson today <laughs> hey i don't know if you can say that want to whip nelson is what Mercy. he said it's Good okay gracious. he won't be the first <laughs> <laughs> i meant that metaphorically oh, of course you did so I, I've got a sago palm that's that's looking a little peaked. I didn't notice it until till yesterday that it uh, was not as. Well, we've had some pretty cold temperatures, um, yeah, and, and some pretty heavy winds. Um, there's a really beautiful uh, sago palm about four or five houses up from the garden hut, um, and it, it it has been there um, that I'm aware of at least sixteen years. Mm. And I uh, noticed he had it covered um, about a week and a half, two weeks ago when we first started dipping into these cold temperatures. And, and I have a feeling it'll it'll do just fine. Um, we have palms on the south side. I had a few gingers. The gingers got burnt, but uh, palms are looking pretty good. Yeah, my, uh, my windmill palm looks fine. Uh, Pam, do you have any palms of any kind? Yeah, I do. I've got a couple little dwarf palmettos in front of the house, and they uh, they look pretty good. But they're sheltered. They've got the mm-hmm. backing of being nestled in against the foundation, which is brick, so that's some radiant heat for them. They're protected there. And then I've got a, a Chinese windmill out in the woods. But again, it's under trees. And I think that that's what we forget sometimes when we're looking at cold damage on plants. A lot of this has to do with location. You know, we can't emphatically say this plant will make it through this low teens temperature because it could uh, be affected so much by the microclimate around it. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think we might see some, like Nelson was saying, we'll see some cold damage start showing up slowly over the next few weeks, especially with the teens we've had. And... Um, but you know, I'm not worried about it. This is a this is a good normal 
healthy winter for us. Yeah, yeah absolutely. As long as it kills some bugs, the well, bad bugs. And I, I prefer this type of winter winter <coughs> over um, last January, yeah, February. That's right. I, I mean, don't like I think warm it, winters. Well, I think it rained like 58 of 61 it days. It did rain a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we do need Let rain. Let me ask Elsa and, and Pamela a palm question. I have noticed before at nurseries uh, something I call the needle palm. Uh, is that a good year-round palm in, in this area? Needle palm. Hmm. That's, that's I, all I know. I, I, I'm needle, not sure. The needle palm. Um, we, I'm not sure which which palm it would be, Rufus. And um, Is that a real low-growing one? Yeah, it, look, it looks real low-growing. Is it is it perhaps a sago palm or something like that? The little one no, that it, looks it, like it has a giant cone and it's just coming out of the top, or it, ha- it has a huge trunk. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. If 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 it's a little sago, um, they don't do as well here as they may at the coast. You see them through South Carolina, especially along the coast of South Carolina and Georgia. They're beautiful in Florida. They are an ancient palm. I knew somebody who had some here. They belong to a Cycad uh, uh, society, and they would have to lift those things up and bring them into their basement and put them under lights every year. Uh, and I know that there are people who will put boxes over palms like that to keep the, the cold and the wet from rotting the, the center of them. But, um, you know, I, I think with our selection of windmill palms and, and um, dwarf, dwarf uh, palmettos and things like that, we've got plenty to play with and choose from. Yeah. We, we actually do have um, a few needle palms that um, I pulled in from, from a nursery in, in South Carolina, the, the Georgetown area. And so far they're doing well. Uh, but again, it's like you said, it's in... An exclusive microclimate uh, where um, there's a, a, a nook on our south side where we've got like 12 feet of greenhouse and then uh, kind of a bulkhead. And it's surrounded by both asphalt and a concrete sidewalk. So it, it stays very warm, very insulated. Uh, we interlock the pots. Um, I, I don't cover, cover them further. A uh, little bit of brown on the needles now on the tips of these particular palms, but I, I think they're going to be fine. I hope they're going to be fine. Yeah. Well, I, I just got down uh, the book written by our friend Mark Weathington, and I looked up needle palm, and he says in here they are among the hardiest of all palms, but should be grown with some protection in, in cooler climes until well established. Uh, so how big do they get? All right. He, he says they get from 6 to 10 feet tall hmm. and the same width. And it's, it's called a R-H-O-P-I-D-O-P-H-Y-L-L-U-M for Pam and Nelson. Sounds stumpy. I, it's the Rapidophila. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I used to have a friend we called Stumpy. He was <laughs> short and round. and <laughs> I love him to death. So uh, I don't know that I've. I, I'm, I'm going to try one. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking about that myself. 
So you, you've got them va- available? We have a few three gallons, or I think there's two or three three gallons and maybe two seven gallons left. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, I love palms. Uh, you know, it, it, if you, especially if you like the beach, it, it kind of mm-hmm. gives you that effect. I was watching an Andy Griffith episode yesterday, and uh, they were driving down the highway, and uh, it was supposed to look like uh, they were going to Siler City, but I saw a palm, big palm trees <laughs> off in the distance. So I, <laughs> that didn't make a whole lot of sense. But in your yard, it might. I don't know. True that. Yeah. 919-860-9783. 919-860-WPTF. We'll talk more with uh, Rufus and Pam and Miss Nelsa coming up on the WPTF Weekend Gardener with you, too. For 40 years, it was the Tar Heel Gardener. And since then, the Weekend Gardener has invited you into their backyard. A WPTF tradition since 1945. We're back on WPTF's Weekend Gardener. Hope you're nice and warm and cozy this morning. As uh, we have uh, Pam Beck and uh, Brother Rufus and Nelson Cox, owner of the Garden Hut in Fuquay Arena, on with us this morning. 919-860-9783. So uh, are the sago palms that are exposed or the needle palms, et cetera, going to have permanent damage necessarily? Well, I actually think the the needle palms might be a little tougher um, mm-hmm. just because they have a larger leaf surface. Um, and it's tighter around the crown versus the sago palm kind of fans out and that crown's right in the center. So I think Pam mentioned you know, you want to protect the crown, um, but they can get some burn. But a lot of times, if if that plant has been in the ground and that root is anchored in, you could lose all foliage to browning. But you cut it back, and it'll flush back out. At least the one at the beach that we have has has mm, been that way. Yeah. So they grow very slowly. Though. Yeah, yeah, but they can be somewhat resilient. But yeah. it, it's definitely sago palms are tougher. They've got to have uh, tougher to, to winterize if we have cold, cold weather and wet, wet weather. So they've got yeah. to have good drainage and that good uh, microclimate with um, winter heat. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, WPTF and Wild Birds Unlimited reminds you to feed the birds this winter. That's one thing I did yesterday afternoon. The birds have really been. Uh, the the winter birds, so the ones that hang around, the ones that come through, really are eating right now. So I got out with uh, my uh, Wild Birds Unlimited No Mess seed yesterday and put some out. Uh, but uh, the folks at Wild Birds Unlimited in Raleigh and Cary have given us a bug, nut, and berry cylinder bird feeder mm-hmm. and uh, 25 pounds of their famous No Mess seed. And to win... All you have to do is go to the contest tab at WPTF.com. These are always popular giveaways. So go, if you want to win, go to the contest tab at WPTF.com to win a bug nut and berry cylinder bird feeder and 25 pounds of their famous no mess seed from the folks at Wild Birds Unlimited in Raleigh and Cary. What else could be damaged by the fairly uh, common the last couple of weeks cold weather and uh, ice events that you can think of? 
Well, when it comes to ice or heavy, wet snow, um, a lot of times, you know, people that have sky pencils or uh, young arborvitas or even larger arborvitas, a lot of times it's helpful to kind of spiral them, not spiral them, but wrap them up mm-hmm. uh, just to keep their branches uh, nice and tight so that the, the snow or ice doesn't, um, you know, take a single little stalk and bend it to the ground. Um, so just little tips like that that you can do. Um you know, it's possible some of the camellias that were starting to bloom may have got, well, some of ours got um, cold damaged, but there's so many buds to come. So, um, you know, there's still going to be beautiful plants, but, um, you know, I think it's more the the wind and the cold. And if the plants aren't hydrated, uh, where you'll see some, some burn maybe on um you know, gardenias and a few camellias, but uh, pittosporums. But by and large, um, you know, we, plants are looking pretty good. Pam or Rufus, uh, you all had any problems in your landscape the last couple of weeks because of the cold weather? I've had absolutely no problem. I, 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 I don't think I've got a thing that's got a burn problem, but, I, but I'm like Pam. I think in a couple of weeks, a little bit's going to show up somewhere, but it won't be damaging, of course. Yeah. Pam, what about you? And, and it's it's really too early to start pruning back all the damage that you might see, too. That's one thing I wanted to caution people about is is just like this freaky 60-something degree weather that we're going to have um, in the middle of next week, uh, that could start some, some new growth on some of these plants if we have a couple of weeks in the 50s or 60s. And so it's really too early to cut off if you see any damage, um, just Wait, be patient about doing that pruning. But like Nelson mentioned, I had my beautiful white by the gate camellia that last snow turned into brown by the gate. Um, (laughs) 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 But it's okay. You know, those old buds will be pushed off and and there are some more coming. I I don't fret too much right now. The main thing I'm looking at doing is is just evaluating the landscape um, to see where the holes are, what possibly I could lift and transplant through the winter, or especially things like hellebores that are really starting to break right now is a good time to think about planting out those, moving some perennials around, cutting back maybe grasses while they're still dormant. That's the only thing I would be really uh, vigorous or, or about pruning. All right. Well, we'll talk more about those things coming up. Rufus, are you eating nabs or something? You usually cough and you eat nabs. Uh, you are correct. <laughs> All right. We'll, uh, we'll let uh, Rufus get himself together here, and we'll come back <laughs> on The Weekend Gardener. Let's get back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. We're back on WPTF. Yeah, let's get back to it. So uh, we were t- we were talking about uh, cold weather and how it's uh, affected plants. But uh, yeah, you know the you mentioned Pam ornamental grasses. Gosh, they're all over the place. I noticed uh, on Six Forks there's a new bank that is uh, has opened a new building. And uh, they had, the whole front is ornamental grass. They are beautiful. They are four seasons of color and interest. I love the movement, uh, the textures that you get. 
Uh, right now, they're a good place for birds to hide. They're still uh, pecking some of the seeds and stuff like that off of them. And I know that, uh, Nelsa, you sell a few in the fall when they're nice and big and full and fluffy in those pots, but spring's a good time to put them in, too, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, you know, there are so many different types and colors and textures and some annual, some perennial. You go out to the art museum area. That's the first place I really noticed a, a big-time use of it. It's all over the place out there, and it's very striking in the winter. I love the winter landscape. Yeah, and I think DOT has really uh, jumped on board with ornamental grasses as well. You'll see them at a lot of bridge exchanges or medians, and, um, you know, they're tough. They're drought-tolerant, and as Pam said, they're they're beautiful. Um, of course, to a retailer, we, we probably wouldn't use the terminology four season. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the yellow, the yellow brown is is very appealing to me. Sure, hey, that's blonde. Blonde, yeah, blonde's very appealing. <laughs> so yeah, blonde grass. Pam Rufus, I have a uh, a joke for you. So why is it clean? It is clean. Okay. So why did the dandelion stop dating? Mm-mm. Why? Rufus? Why did the dandelion stop dating? Yes. It, it, you, you sure you, you got me? You got me snuffered. It kept getting blown off. <laughs> <laughs> Gee whiz. You know, we have a caller named Richard who usually comes up with things like that. Do you know Richard? <laughs> Richard from Raleigh. So he usually uh, has a little quips like that. That's very good. That just come out of nowhere? Or you yep, you just, just saying about dandelions this morning? Or? <laughs> well, <laughs> among other things we're talking about, I don't know, something about grasses and dandelions. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. So any, anything, uh, anything that we should be else uh, – well, I guess we can't do much at this point. We've already had two or three weeks of cold weather, but um, I guess... Oh, well, this is a great time to evaluate your landscape. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but when Irv Evans was on this show, he would oftentimes talk about a, a good old-fashioned rule of thumb in the landscape is if your landscape has at least 40% evergreens in it, that it will look good through the winter, that it won't just be bare brown sticks out there. And so if you walk around right now and you're not happy, uh, consider putting in some broadleaf evergreens. And we've got so much to choose from here. We were just talking about the beautiful needle palms, uh, things that, like that that me and Nelsa has. But there's also, um, goodness, besides the camellias and the boxwoods and, and um, our evergreen azaleas, hollies of all sorts, uh, that will feed the birds through the winter and provide some coverage, lots of conifers. And um, a plant that everybody's gone crazy for are the Elysium, the anise bushes. Mm-hmm. And I know Nelsa probably sells Florida sunshine as fast as it comes in the garden center. Absolutely. It's so eye-catching. And we've I've got, got one now that's about, that's about 10 feet tall. And speaking of that, I was the... Uh, at a meeting the other day, and this fellow came up to me and said, I listened to your, your weekend garden show, and he was talking about all the experts on there, like Pam and Elsa, and he said, what you need is a loquat. Well, now, I 
I've heard of that plant. I do know it's evergreen. Just just what is a loquat? Oh, I've got one in my yard. Uh, my husband grew up with one in South Georgia, and it's a fruit tree, Rufus. Uh, it's loquat has a little tiny orange fruit on it. The problem is, is here, usually, unless it's in a very um, closed-off spot, it won't fruit, but it does flower through the winter. It's got a leathery, big um, evergreen leaf with deep ridges in it, and it's um, it's very fragrant. Blooms of December and into January, and it's a lovely, lovely tree. And it's well, kind of you said it, it. You said it has a scent as strong as as a osmanthus. I said, well, yes. I am interested yes. in that. Yes. It's very fragrant, and you've got a perfect spot in that back uh, area where you've got all that wonderful sheltered garden space. If you wanted, if you've got room for it, it is a it is a fairly um, vigorous growing small tree. Well, you uh, you always have room. I just I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know what that is. You, you, you know that uh, I I have. I've never turned down a plant in my life, and that, that's why I don't allow any professional landscapers except Pam <laughs> or Nelson to come on my property because I don't want anybody laughing at me. Me too, Rufus. Me too. I've never had my house on a on a garden tour because it would break my heart to have somebody come in and tell me that they didn't like something I had planted. <laughs> well, that would be mighty rude. I think I'd run them off. <laughs> Well, if they said something like that, people are opinionated. Mike. Yeah, well, I know I am. I am definitely, but uh, there is decorum, right? Uh, one would, one would think. Yeah. So uh, yeah, a lot of evergreens. I do remember Irv saying that. Uh, Nelson, anything new in the evergreen community? Oh, there's always new stuff. Um, I mean, Pam was talking about the anise, elysiums. Uh, there's so many new ones coming out. I love the color of the the anise. It's it the, that uh, lime green. It's nice contrast. Yep. Uh, there's variegated ones. The flowers are getting more robust. Um, you know, whites and creams and yellows and uh, pinks and reds. And so, um, you know, that's pretty neat. It tends to be a little bit of a, a larger shrub. And there and there's another one. I can't think of the name right now. I want to say it's redhead or robin but it, it has beautiful red foliage uh, almost like mm-hmm. if you remember the red tips um mm-hmm. but and then on the smaller scale um i know i've brought this up before but there's the uh one of the ralston select plants but it's the uh the cold hardy um uh, dwarf ralston viburnum uh that's mm-hmm. a beautiful plant um and flowers um gosh six eight months out of the year um just fantastic so there are there are a lot of new gardenias coming out um just it's amazing to see uh just the pipeline of plants coming out to us new dwarf conifers um so it's it's really a neat time new abelias uh, there's some of the most beautiful um, nandinas, uh, which I I love nandinas. I know some people are like, oh, they get so caney, but they look nice during the winter. Some of them at, do. Yeah, I mean bonfire. Um, I still Gulf Stream's always a stand standby Gulf for Stream, me. Yeah, but mm-hmm. bonfire is stunning. Uh, twilight is very neat with its variegation early in the spring. 
um, some of the lower ones. I mean, you know, we had Harbor Dwarf and Bell Harbor, and uh, now there's Flirt, and um, there's Obsession. Um, there's just so many neat new Nandinas that will fit your small landscape now that are colorful, um, you know, with new growth and with winter color. Um, summer greens. I mean, just it's just beautiful plants. You you have, have you that, mentioned Andromeda? I have not mentioned. Peters. I know they that is. I I remember you really liking those. That was twenty one, years ago. Twenty years ago, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've always been a shade gardener. Um, yeah. but um, yeah, that's a great plant uh, for those that have a shady area, uh, well drained soil. Um, with with compost, but um, you know that's a that's a great plant too. I, I love to see the little tassels that that form late mm-hmm. in the fall, and right. and uh, you know we get weather like we've had, or or you know ice. They just look like little crystals hanging down, and then the surprise when they open in the spring is always nice. Are Daphne's any more available than they were last year? Well, you know, when I was out in Oregon, I thought we were going to be able to to get a truckload and. Um, for some reason, I don't know, I didn't get my order in, but, um, you know, I'm sure there'll be a couple garden centers that'll have a good supply, but, uh, we're coming up a little short, but I will tell you a plant that, um, was flowering in our, uh, retail sales area yesterday. We had some beautiful, um, witch hazels, um, <laughs> that are flowering now. Very nice. Yeah. And they, they can, some of those can have a nice little fragrance too. Absolutely. All right, uh, let's talk to Bob in Raleigh. Bob, good morning. You're on WPTF. Good morning to all of you. Yes, sir. How can we help you? uh, We had a loquat uh, when we lived out on Penny Road in Cary back when uh, that was in the country. Yeah, that's uh, where Johnny Hood lived. His his house did seem like it was in the country. Yes, it was. We we did get fruit. at least every couple of years for many years and it's a it's a delicious fruit to our taste anyway uh, i got uh i followed some advice that you guys gave me a few weeks ago uh, we had a problem with rabbits at our church in downtown raleigh and uh the they devoured about uh i don't know six or eight flats of pansies in one night and um uh, we did what you said we got some of the repellent to put on and then we uh, fed them with bone meal, and now we have pansies again. Wonderful. So, that is. Uh, that, that advice helped us tremendously. Well, very good. I, I'm so glad, so so happy that it did. Um, and yeah. finally, I have a non-gardening question for Nilsa. All right. Okay. Nilsa, what is the best thing about a Carolina diploma? The best thing about a Carolina diploma. Yes, ma'am. Let All me... right, now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you can hang it on your rearview mirror and park in a handicap zone. Oh, <laughs> I have not heard that one, Rufus. Have you heard that one? Uh, I, I have. I've heard it now. I like it. Loud and clear. Well, when you're in the Dean Dome today, you can pass that along. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> well, I'm glad to okay. hear that. <laughs> well, Rufus, I, I hope you have a, a an enjoyable time until the end. Uh, <laughs> get home safely. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, all right. My, my, thank, my, thank you all. Uh, thank you, Bob. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, have a good time today, Rufus. Why you can. Nine one nine because you know state might beat them. You just never know which state team is going to come out there. Never know. That's right. Nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three nine one nine eight six zero WPTF. Of course, you can't tell which Carolina team is going to be there on the court right now. So since True they've changed that. coaches, yeah, we'll get everybody's just getting settled in. That's right. All right, more of the weekend gardener straight ahead here on WPTF. It's eight forty eight. wise person once said that there's nothing as contagious as enthusiasm. At Pioneer Exteriors, we're excited and committed to top quality home improvement. Pioneer offers free estimates for windows, siding, doors, sunrooms, gutters, or storm products to maintain your largest investment. Call me, Lynn Pittman, at Pioneer Exteriors, 919-828-4405, or go to PioneerExteriors.com. Buy local, buy quality, buy Pioneer Exteriors since 1960. Wild Birds Unlimited, we bring people and nature together. At Wild Birds Unlimited in Raleigh and Cary, our staff is experienced and knowledgeable and can help you with all your backyard bird feeding needs. Whether it's buying your first bird feeder, picking the perfect seed blend, or discouraging some unwanted visitors, we can help. We have feeders, pole systems, great food products, and so much more. But Wild Birds Unlimited in Raleigh and Cary. You're listening to the longest-running gardening show on the radio. It's the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. This is a gardening show? <laughs> it's a, it's, yeah, it's a gardening show. and um, That's the way it started in 1945, but uh, we, we've branched out. And, and, you know, John Harris did, too. He didn't, he didn't just, in his 15 minutes, he joked around a little bit, too. It's uh, just it, it, the evolution of it all, right? This is, this is where we've become. It all started, radio started with people like Bob Hope and Jack Benny, and you see what it's come down to now. <laughs> we're just, uh, <laughs> we're just amoebas. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to y'all. Wow, that took a while, man. I'm just talking about, uh, just talking about radio people. Nine one nine eight six zero. You've you've come down to me. <laughs> Uh, 919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF. Gosh, we've talked about a lot of, a lot of things this morning. Uh, shade gardening, you know, everybody didn't have a lot of, of, uh, sunlight in their landscape. And especially if you're enthusiastic about gardening, you, you plant and you plant and you plant a lot of times where you shouldn't because of the size that eventually the plant will see, but... Well, you know, shade gardening is a lot of fun, isn't it? It is, and as close as the houses are starting to get, everybody has a north side, so people are starting to have shade again. Boy, we've got a north side. We've we've got uh, here the back of the building. There, there will be snow and ice out there for <laughs> for months. Sometimes, if it stays cold, even if it doesn't stay cold enough, there will be a nook and cranny. So that's definitely north, and it does make a difference sure in does. plants. And if you if you have shade, um, you know if it's not bright in certain areas, uh, you know we we used to think of the akuba mm-hmm. as one of the plants, but we've branched out a lot 
haven't we not? We sure have. Yeah. And you mentioned the Pieras. That's one of them. Pam, you, what, what are some of your favorite shade plants? Ooh, that's like asking me my favorite grandchild. That's hard. There's so many great plants we can put in. Um, I really like to, uh, if we're still talking about evergreens, sure. uh, Lakothui. Lakothui, which is uh, an old dog hobble, I guess, is a common name for this plant. It's a native plant, but we've got some really great varieties that are out there. And one that I was going to ask Nelsa about, I have always had difficulty trying to grow, is that Gerard's rainbow, that beautiful yeah. variegated form. Is there a secret to that, Nelsa? Well, I think it gets uh, powdery mildew. Um, so I think it needs good air circulation and, um, you know, versus putting it like up against a foundation, uh, you know, on a north side, I think it needs to be out a little more or in a shaded um, kind of woodland area because it, it just it can. It can get powdery mildew, just good drainage, uh, treat the roots like you would, say, a, a pieris or a rhododendron. Um, but, you know, and then with the heat, I mean, it can get some, some leaf burn to it. Um, but you know, from that over the years, yeah, yeah. I mean, from a container point of view, having it in retail, I mean, you just can't water over the top. It's got to be watered, you know, around the roots, so that makes it difficult. Um, but uh, good air circulation will help it, and maybe a little preventative, um, you know, for for disease um, with with some type of oils or neem or something like that. But um, I also love uh, poet's laurel. And um, yes. and cast iron plant, uh, and of course hellebores and hookahs. That's that's what Rufus, I'm sure, was going the first thing out of his mouth. You uh, hellebores are are perfect for for shade gardening, aren't they, Rufus? Well, I'm looking out out the kitchen window right now at several hellebores blooming, along with that word that I finally remembered today, Edgeworthia, <laughs> mm-hmm. and. Uh, <laughs> I, I I love uh, anything that that can tolerate shade. I have the good spot for it because I've got about an acre of this thing in into woodlands. So I just experiment with things to see what will happen. In in fact, it, it may seem strange, but I put a uh, uh, white pine out one time to try to do a little experiment to see whether it would work uh, here in the lowlands from up home and headed up about 30 feet tall and the doggone hurricane came and then power companies cut it down. Oh, darn. my knowledge. And so I love my woodland plants. And uh, Well, Nelson, you, you and Pam would agree on this. About, about any kind of bulb will also grow in the woodland shade area, won't it? About any kind you think of. The spring flowering bulbs seem to do better because the leaves are off the trees, and um, if they bloom early enough uh, before the shade covers up, you're right. You can put out hyacinths and um, the little muscari, all those kinds of things in the woodland area. But the the bulbs for summer that need full sun, um, like cannas and all, you yeah. there are some varieties that will grow in the shade, though. That Stuttgart canna that is uh, white and green variegated, mm-hmm. that does quite well in shady spots. So there's always an exception to the rule. 
Rufus, I, I, my edge worthy is uh, I have some blooms on them. But do you all have blooms on your edge worthy? Is oh, I have had for at least a month and a half, and they're not very big this year for some reason. Yeah, I've noticed that too. They're, I call them the chandelier. I call it the chandelier plant. Well, <laughs> ours are are budded, but there's there's not blooms. Like, yeah, mine. I've got uh, some. Up. I've got some blooms. Yeah. Um, on mine that are trying to trying to come out. I don't know. It, it, we talk about microclimates. I think that probably has something to do with it. But uh, that is a really interesting look plant. The texture. Wait, and, Pam. Pam, early on in the program, was mentioning something about people something getting nipped in the bud. I've got a couple of uh, japonica camellias. That because of got about thirty seconds. kind of weather we've got, they just about are blooming. I think I'm actually going to go out there today and cover them up with a sheet because what's going to happen is this warm weather will come. They'll they'll bloom or come on out of there and then hit hit the cold weather again. Mm-hmm. But I've, I've had several japonica camellias that are right at the edge of blooming right now. Well, we don't have time for your take on that, Pam. We'll uh, have to discuss this after the news. How's that? More of the Weekend Gardeners straight ahead.